money is a tool, when you learn how to use it correctly, you'll build wealth behind your imagination. It's Money Talks with Baxter Honorary. Money Talks. This might be a hard pill to swallow, but how you think about money may be blocking you from realizing your full financial potential. Money Talks. He's not just talking the talk. He's living it. Baxter Arterbury, investor, author, entrepreneur, and host of Money Talks on Listener Supported 97.5. Good afternoon, and you're tuned in to Money Talks radio show, and my name is Baxter Arterbury, and this is our Tuesday edition. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully you enjoyed that early cut by Sam Cook so eloquently sung a change is gonna come and today on Money Talks radio show Tuesday's edition I want to let you know that a change has come a change is upon us what do I mean when I talk about change I'm talking about the new farm bill yes write it down and utilize the new institution of higher learning, of higher education, of higher knowledge, or if nothing else, of better information. And you just put in a URL, the Farm Bill, our Farm Bill 2018. Or you can put in there Farm Bill Research and you'll get all of these links that'll come up. And you can just start taking a walk through this bill that has passed the Senate. It has passed the Congress and it is now sitting on the president's desk for signature. And it's strange, but I've never followed any process that actually was at the Senate stage, at the Congress stage, and now sitting on the president's desk. I always heard about it, you know, and just kind of would give it a side eye, like whatever, doesn't have anything to do with me. But by watching this, farm bill over the past seven or eight months I have really been informed self-informed self-taught on this process and the process is extremely important I mean we spend a lot of time talking about voting and we wear badges that I voted and we have conversations about the importance of voting but I'm here as your brother today and I'm letting you know Voting is extremely important, and we've gotten better at it. But understanding how these bills are written and how they are passed and the reason why they're written and the reason why they come to be is as important as voting, if not more so important. Because voting is a one-day activity. Yes, you vote. You put your little badge on your little sticker. I voted. Then you kind of lured back to sleep. That can't happen. We have to participate in the process. I call this economy that we live in here in America. I call it an engine. Or I'll use an engine to kind of break it down into working forms for individuals that grew up the way that I did as an urban youth in San Francisco, out of Hunters Point, California, you know, where financial literacy was the least of the conversation. The biggest conversation we would have is, you know, getting rich, 
or getting out of the area from which we grew up, you know, in those urban American cities back in the 60s and 70s. So with that being said, I want to talk a little about about hemp as it pertains to the farm bill. Hemp. Think about this. One of the founders of a major car manufacturer was trying to give the world a vehicle that was safe. Yes, safe to drive. He wanted it to be strong and he wanted it to be good and clean for the environment. And this took place in the early 1900s. So when we talk about the um, the Tesla and all the other electric cars that are out now that are trying to achieve um, clean emissions or better emissions, this gentleman was actually doing this in the early 1900s. So I'm saying to you, there's nothing new under the sun. Let me continue. Henry Ford spent more than a decade researching and building his first Model T. Now remember, this in the early 1900s. This car was not only constructed from hemp, yes, constructed from hemp, but was also designed to run off hemp biofuel. I'm gonna read that again. This car was not only constructed from hemp, but was also designed to run off hemp biofuel. On his large estate outside of Detroit, Ford was photographed in his hemp field. Yes, that's H-E-M-P. He actually had his own farm where he was actually growing hemp himself. This is in the early 1900s. The car, ladies and gentlemen, that was grown from the soil, that's a quote, that was grown from the soil, had hemp plastic panels whose impact strength was 10 times stronger than steel. I'm gonna say that again. It's impact strength, that is hemp, grown from the soil, remember, was 10 times stronger than steel. Now imagine that, just use your imagination, kind of float with me for a minute. The suppression, you now pay attention to this, the suppression of this technology back in the early 1900s was largely due to the fact that hemp was outlawed in the United States back in 1937 due to the potential damaging effect it would have on many of the powerful industries existing at that time. So hemp was outlawed in 1937. But your brother is here today telling you that the farm bill and the reason the farm bill is relevant is because hemp legalization is part of the farm bill. Hemp legalization is not the bill. I'm gonna repeat, hemp legalization by itself is not a bill. The bill is the farm bill. And within the farm bill, along with SNAP, which is food stamps now, is hemp legalization. Why is that important? Why is this conversation important today? Listen, the suppression of this technology was largely due to the fact that hemp was outlawed in the United States back in 1937 due to the potential damaging effect it would have on many of the powerful industries existing at that time. So it had a huge effect on industries back then. Now here it is. Once President Trump signs that bill into law, 
January 1, it will have another powerful impact on this economy that we now live in. I highly recommend that each and everyone listening that have ears to hear that you check out the full story. Google it. It's on YouTube. How hemp became legal or illegal. Again, this full story, how hemp became illegal. This will give you a better understanding as to where we are today and why it is that I'm having this conversation with you. What are you doing with your 1440 minutes? What are you doing with your 1440 is what I like to call it. And I have a whole workshop series that I have available on CD that talks about what are you doing with your 1440. But today I want to express it a little bit different. This is extremely important. It's an extremely important conversation. So listen up. The following will help prove my point that I've been making, Lee's been saying, and that we've been reiterating for months, if not years now, that financial literacy is not a skill. Financial literacy is a lifestyle. With that being said, therefore, if you want to change the direction of your financial future, you must first alter your lifestyle. I'm going to say that again. You must first alter your lifestyle. The following is how most Americans spend their 1,440 minutes, 1,440, for those of you who are not aware, 1,440 equates to 24 hours in a day. And I'm going to show you statistically how your time is being spent. So I'm going to run through it really quick. You sleep 480 minutes. The average commute to work is 51 minutes. Television, you watch 300 minutes. Getting dressed, you spend 25 minutes. Domestic chores like cooking and cleaning around the house, you spend 180 minutes. The average American exercises, watch this, you guys, 17 minutes a day. You do laundry on average 15 minutes a day. You spend time eating and drinking, averages about 75 minutes a day. Socializing is about 60 minutes. Grooming time, grooming yourself, your body, your hair, getting your hair done, nails done, averages about 40 minutes a day. The average time spent with your pets, meaning your animals, dogs, cats, is about 45 minutes a day. The average time spent on religious activities is 35 minutes on average a day. On average, women spend 65 minutes per day shopping. That's on average throughout 365 days. They average about 65 minutes per day shopping. Prayer. The average American spends about three minutes in prayer. Reading. The average American spends two minutes per day on average reading educational books or articles or periodicals, whatever it is that they like glancing over. Reading the Bible. The average American will read the Bible about 17 minutes a day. Here's a startling one. Sex. The average American spends about nine minutes per day on the average with sex. And arguing, that is family, family members and friends spend about 49 minutes per day arguing. Those minutes that I just read off to you, 
adds up to more than 1,440. They add up to about 1,450 minutes. But think about it. Nowhere in there did I once mention anything about financial literacy, about studying where your money is and how your money works, what money is and what money is not, what capital is and what capital is not. So this is a self-check moment. Yes, it is. It's a self-check moment. Here's a question. If you take out a $1,000 loan that has a 20% interest rate attached to it, how much will you owe a year in, in interest? Answer. I'm going to read that again, just so I'm clear. If you take out a $1,000 loan and that $1,000 loan costs you 20% interest, how much will you owe in interest at the end of the year? The answer, $200. But if you got that answer wrong, you're not alone. Nearly one third of Americans can't calculate interest payments correctly. According to a new study, about a third said they that they did not know how. One of the silver linings of the financial crisis was that it was supposed to have taught many Americans a lesson about the dangers of debt and financial issues, issues in general. And apparently the message though, didn't get across. All told, a new study which was released today estimated that nearly two thirds of Americans couldn't pass a basic literacy test. I'm gonna say that again. A new study which was released today estimated that two-thirds of Americans could not pass a basic literacy test. So if you wonder why I don't talk a lot about credit and about good credit and about fixing your credit, we will get to that. But I would do the community a grave injustice if I just ran a fix your credit only for you to go back into debt again because debt is a merciless master, you guys. It's a merciless master, and we must learn how to utilize debt in the proper way. But in order to do that, we must first become financial literate, and we must first understand how compound interests work. They say the first lesson a Jewish individual teaches his child is how compound interests work. So you may not drive. A great big Cadillac Gangster white walls TV antennas in the back afternoon and you're tuned in the money talks radio show and my name is thaxter arterbury and this is our tuesday edition 
first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully you enjoyed that early cut by Sam Cooke, so eloquently sung, A Change Is Gonna Come. And today, on Money Talks Radio Show Tuesday's edition, I want to let you know that a change has come. A change is upon us. What do I mean when I talk about change? I'm talking about the new farm bill. Yes, write it down and utilize the new institution of higher learning, of higher education, of higher knowledge, or if nothing else, of better information. And you just put in the URL, the farm bill, our farm bill 2018, or you can put in there farm bill research and you'll get all of these links that'll come up and you can just start taking a walk through this bill that has passed the Senate. It has passed the Congress and it is now sitting on the president's desk for signature. And it's strange, but I've never followed any process that actually was at the Senate stage, at the Congress stage, and now sitting on the president's desk. I always heard about it, you know, and just kind of would give it a side eye, like whatever, doesn't have anything to do with me. But by watching this farm bill over the past seven or eight months, I have really been informed, self-informed, self-taught on this process and the process is extremely important. I mean, we spend a lot of time talking about voting and we wear badges that I voted and we have conversations about the importance of voting, but I'm here as your brother today and I'm letting you know voting is extremely important and we've gotten better at it. But understanding how these bills are written and how they are passed and the reason why they're written and the reason why they come to be is as important as voting, if not more so important. Because voting is a one day activity. Yes, you vote, you put your little badge on your little sticker, I voted, then you kinda lured back to sleep. That can't happen. We have to participate in the process. I call this economy that we live in here in America, I call it an engine, or I'll use an engine to kind of break it down into working forms for individuals that grew up the way that I did as an urban youth in San Francisco, out of Hunters Point, California, you know, where financial literacy was the least of the conversation. The biggest conversation we would have is, you know, getting rich, or getting out of the area from which we grew up, you know, in those urban American cities back in the 60s and 70s. So with that being said, I wanna talk a little about, about hemp as it pertains to the farm bill. Hemp, think about this. One of the founders of a major car manufacturer was trying to give the world a vehicle that was safe. Yes, safe to drive. He wanted it to be strong and he wanted it to be good and clean for the environment. 
and this took place in the early 1900s. So when we talk about the um, the Tesla and all the other electric cars that are out now that are trying to achieve um, clean emissions or better emissions, this gentleman was actually doing this in the early 1900s. So I'm saying to you, there's nothing new under the sun. Let me continue. Henry Ford spent more than a decade researching and building his first Model T. Now remember this in the early 1900s. This car was not only constructed from hemp, yes, constructed from hemp, but was also designed to run off hemp biofuel. I'm gonna read that again. This car was not only constructed from hemp, but was also designed to run off hemp biofuel. On his large estate outside of Detroit, Ford was photographed in his hemp field. Yes, that's H-E-M-P. He actually had his own farm where he was actually growing hemp himself. This is in the early 1900s. The car, ladies and gentlemen, that was grown from the soil. That's a quote. That was grown from the soil had hemp plastic panels whose impact strength was 10 times stronger than steel. I'm gonna say that again. It's impact strength, that is hemp, grown from the soil, remember, was 10 times stronger than steel. Now imagine that, just use your imagination, kind of float with me for a minute. The suppression, you now pay attention to this, the suppression of this technology back in the early 1900s was largely due to the fact that hemp was outlawed in the United States back in 1937 due to the potential damaging effect it would have on many of the powerful industries existing at that time. So hemp was outlawed in 1937. But your brother is here today telling you that the farm bill and the reason the farm bill is relevant is because hemp legalization is part of the farm bill. Hemp legalization is not the bill. I'm going to repeat hemp legalization by itself is not a bill. The bill is the farm bill and within the farm bill, along with SNAP, which is food stamps now, is hemp legalization. Why is that important? Why is this conversation important today? Listen, the suppression of this technology was largely due to the fact that hemp was outlawed in the United States back in 1937 due to the potential damaging effect it would have on many of the powerful industries existing at that time. So it had a huge effect on industries back then. Now here it is. Once President Trump signs that bill into law, January 1, it will have another powerful impact on this economy that we now live in. I highly recommend that each and everyone listening that have ears to hear that you check out the full story. Google it. It's on YouTube how hemp became legal or illegal. 
Again, the full story, how hemp became illegal. This will give you a better understanding as to where we are today and why it is that I'm having this conversation with you. What are you doing with your 1440 minutes? What are you doing with your 1440 is what I like to call it. And I have a whole workshop series that I have available on CD that talks about what are you doing with your 1440. But today I want to express it a little bit different. This is extremely important. It's an extremely important conversation. So listen up. The following will help prove my point that I've been making, Lee's been saying, and that we've been reiterating for months, if not years now, that financial literacy is not a skill. Financial literacy is a lifestyle. With that being said, therefore, if you wanna change the direction of your financial future, you must first alter your lifestyle. I'm gonna say that again, you must first alter your lifestyle. The following is how most Americans spend their 1,440 minutes. 1,440, for those of you who are not aware, 1,440 equates to 24 hours in a day. And I'm gonna show you statistically how your time is being spent. So I'm gonna run through it really quick. You sleep 480 minutes. The average commute to work is 51 minutes. Television, you watch 300 minutes. Getting dressed, you spend 25 minutes. Domestic chores like cooking and cleaning around the house, you spend 180 minutes. The average American exercises, watch this guy, 17 minutes a day. You do laundry on average 15 minutes a day. You spend time eating and drinking, averages about 75 minutes a day. Socializing is about 60 minutes. Grooming time, grooming yourself, your body, your hair, getting your hair done, nails done, averages about 40 minutes a day. The average time spent with your pets, meaning your animals, dogs, cats, is about 45 minutes a day. The average time spent on religious activities is 35 minutes on average a day. On average, women spend 65 minutes per day shopping. That's on average throughout 365 days. They average about 65 minutes per day shopping. Prayer. The average American spends about three minutes in prayer. Reading. The average American spends two minutes per day on average reading educational books or articles or periodicals, whatever it is that they like glancing over. Reading the Bible. The average American will read the Bible about 17 minutes a day. Here's a startling one. Sex. The average American spends about nine minutes per day on the average with sex. And arguing, that is family, family members and friends spend about 49 minutes per day arguing. Those minutes that I just read off to you adds up to more than 1,440. They add up to about 1,450 minutes. But think about it. Nowhere in there did I once mention anything about financial literacy, about studying where your money is and how your money works, what money is and what money is not, what capital is and what capital is not, 
So this is a self-check moment. Yes, it is. It's a self-check moment. Here's a question. If you take out a $1,000 loan that has a 20% interest rate attached to it, how much will you owe a year in, in interest? Answer, I'm going to read that again, just so I'm clear. If you take out a $1,000 loan and that $1,000 loan costs you 20% interest, how much will you owe in interest at the end of the year? The answer, $200. But if you got that answer wrong, you're not alone. Nearly one third of Americans can't calculate interest payments correctly. According to a new study, about a third said they that they did not know how. One of the silver linings of the financial crisis was that it was supposed to have taught many Americans a lesson about the dangers of debt and financial issues, issues in general. And apparently the message though, didn't get across. All told, a new study which was released today estimated that nearly two-thirds of Americans couldn't pass a basic literacy test. I'm going to say that again. A new study which was released today estimated that two-thirds of Americans could not pass a basic literacy test. So if you wonder why I don't talk a lot about credit and about good credit and about fixing your credit, we will get to that. But I would do the community a grave injustice if I just ran to fix your credit only for you to go back into debt again. Because debt is a merciless master, you guys. It's a merciless master. And we must learn how to utilize debt in the proper way. But in order to do that, we must first become financial literate and we must first understand how compound interest work. They say the first lesson a Jewish individual teaches his child is how compound interest work. So you may not drive a great big Cadillac Gangster white walls TV antennas in the back A car 